Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Hello everyone, this is your old chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly, presenting America's famous quiz kids. Today we have a special treat for all you listeners because the quiz kids are competing with five distinguished visitors who have come here from various parts of the world to attend the International Trade Fair. Now this is the first International Trade Fair ever to be held and we are naturally very proud to have it here in Chicago and to have five distinguished representatives take part on this program. The purpose of the fair is to encourage and facilitate trade relations among all countries throughout the world. So, I'd like to have you meet our panel of quiz kids for today and our guests from foreign lands. First, we have quiz kid Joel. I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 14 years old, and I'm a junior at Roosevelt High School. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lonnie. I'm 14 years old, and I will be a sophomore at Maine Township High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 13 years old, and in the fall I'll be a freshman at Calumet High School in Chicago. Harvey? I'm Harvey Deitch. I'm 7 years old. I go to Hibbert School, and I'm in grade 3B. And Frankie? I'm Frankie Vanderplug. I'm 6 years old, and I'm at 1B at the Mount Vernon School, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> and competing with the quiz kids, we have Mr. Nielsen from Denmark. I am Niels Nielsen from the Copenhagen, the capital of Denmark. According to my birth certificate, I am 33, but I really feel like a baby sitting right here before the mic. <laughs> I came over here to Chicago to organize the Danish textile exhibition at the International Trade Fair. We bring over some selected Danish textile goods to show to American public what kind of goods we have over here and what is our daily wear. And uh, we hope that we can create some sales at the same time. Fine. Now next we have a very lovely lady, Mrs. Moretis from Greece. I'm Mrs. Alexandra Moretis, architect from Athens, Greece. I came here to organize the Greek participation in the first international trade fair. And today we have the Greek Day at the International Trade Fair, which I missed just to attend your quiz program here. All right. Well, it's nice having you here. Next, we have Dr. Shen of China. Uh, I'm uh, Walter Yuanhuan Chen from China. Well, I uh, stayed in Hong Kong. I just flew across the Pacific to this country to participate in the international trade fair. Uh, I represent a China Arts Trading Company, exhibiting all the uh, handmade uh, craft of uh, the Chinese, especially embroidery, cloisonne, uh, and jewelry and curios. And there's a, every day there's a big crowd uh, around my booths I hope uh, my fellow students would like to have a look at my booth. Probably they'll interest them. I hope so, Dr. <laughs> Shen. I notice you uh, uh, have your own uh, little quiz kid with you, uh, your son. That's right. What is his name, by the way? 
What's your name? Can you give Leo. us your name, son? Leon. Hurry up. Hurry up. Come on, tell us your name. His name is Leon. Oh, Leon. Yeah. Fine, and how old is he? He's three and a half. Three and a half, fine. Well, now let's see who's next. Uh, oh, yes, we have uh, Mr. Krauser from Germany. Well, uh, my name is Reinhold Max Krauser, and I think I'm here really the oldest quiz kid, you know, <laughs> being 60-year-old, and I can prove it with my bald head, you see. Well, I'm representing the German exhibitors at the International Fair as their chairman for their committee, and we came over from Germany just a week before the fair opened, and we are doing business now. We're very glad of doing it. Well, fine. You know, a funny thing happened. I was uh, uh, talking with uh, Mr. Krauser before the program. I asked him, should I call him Mr. Krauser or Dr. Krauser? And he said, no, Mr. Krauser. And I said, well, what are you going to call me? And he says, uh, Mr. Kelly. I said, fine, don't call me Hair Kelly because it wouldn't uh, work <laughs> out too he, good. I had to take he wanted hand. to call me doctor. You know, <laughs> I've never been a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least... Uh, we have Mr. Fisher from uh, Scotland. Uh, my name is Maxwell Fisher from Great Britain. I also have a bald head, and I'm in my very early 40s. Um, I came over here about four months ago as advance agent and troubleshooter, you call it, in the United States, for the European Trade Fair Board to coordinate the participation of the Marshall Plan countries. All right. Well, now, since you folks have met our contestants, we'll get right down to schoolwork with questions. And uh, you adults, uh, you all know the rules. Whoever gets his hand up first gets first chance to answer a question. And remember now, no talking in the classroom unless you raise your hand. And I might add that we have an interpreter, Mr. Cardaris, in class with us. In case any of you do not understand a question, I insisted that he sit here beside me in case I do not understand some of your answers. <laughs> and before we start on questions, just to help make our guests uh, feel at home today, I wondered if any of you quiz kids can say any greeting or anything at all in any of the native languages of our competitors, except English, of course, and perhaps our guests uh, can reply to the children's greetings in their native language. Who would like... Uh, Harvey? Bonjour, monsieur. Comment allez-vous? Oh, is that so? <laughs> well, say, we're, we're really off with one. Would, like, would anyone uh, of the adults like to uh, reply to... What did you say, Harvey? What does that mean? That was French. <laughs> he means, well... That was French. Comment allez-vous? Oh? How do you do, he said in French. All right. So how do you say that? Uh, how do you reply in German? Très bien, monsieur. Je me porte très bien. Ça va bon? <laughs> how would you reply in German, uh, in, Mr. Mir geht's sehr gut. Mir geht's gut? Yeah, mir oh, geht's yeah, sehr yeah. gut. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, now, Frankie, what, uh, what have you, Frankie? Well, I can't say any words in other languages, but I can sing a song in French, and that's called Frere Jaca. Oh, I see. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, maybe sing a little bit later on in the program, uh, and, uh, but right now we're, we're making uh, salutations in uh, various languages. Lonnie, I, I think, has one. Well, I don't have a greeting, but I thought I understood you to say a, a greeting or something else in the language. All right. Uh, well, I can, in Greek, I could say the names of some fraternities and sororities. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> All right, uh, Lottie, let's have one or two. Well, my dad is an 
Alpha Tau Omega. Oh. And my sister is an Alpha Omicron Pi. Uh-huh. And uh, my uncle is a Sigma Chi, and uh, my brother-in-law is a Phi Kappa Psi. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, I used to belong to the I eat a piece of pie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And I think everybody knows what that means. <laughs> well, are we uh, all through? I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, I'm anxious to get to our first question, and here it is. It's sort of a worldwide question. Which would you say is higher? Now, remember, first hand up gets first chance to answer. Which would you say is higher? The Washington Monument, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, or the Eiffel Tower? Uh, Mrs. Moretus. I think the Eiffel Tower is the highest. Well, you're thinking very good because that's absolutely right. <laughs> Eiffel Tower is 985 feet, the Washington Monument 555, the Leaning Tower of Pisa 179. Well, good for you, Mrs. Moretis. Now, here's a little nature question for you uh, uh, folks. What reptile is a natural submarine... And can you explain why? Harvey. Well, the, well, the crocodile, while hunting its prey, has its nostrils uh, above, above the water. Well, and what, then uh, he... what reptile is this now? The crocodile. The crocodile, that's right. And, and then when it goes underwater, he has a special closing device for his nostrils, which allows him to stay underwater for a long time. A special closing device. Now, how do you like that for seven years old? That's very good, Harvey. This uh, discussion question is addressed to our guests from other countries. What expressions in conversation or what customs of our country did you find amusing or confusing when you visited the United States for the first time? Who would like to start this off? Mr. Nielsen? Well, I feel that you very often say, you're welcome. And uh, if I should, should translate that to my own language, it would very often cause some embarrassment. In a word? Yes, certainly. Oh? Would you care to explain? Or? Oh, well, I could say... Um, it would, sometimes it was just like an invitation or something like that. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. well, how about the rest of you folks? Uh, Mrs. Moretus? Yes, I must go back ten years ago when I had my first impressions of this country. And I remember that some friend of ours took us to a drugstore. And uh, you see, in Greece we have the drugstores are very sober stores because only when you have somebody ill in your house you are going there to buy drugs. Uh -huh. And uh, I enter in the drugstore and say, I saw there that they were selling everything and people eating uh -huh. and no Alarm drugs clock. at all. Yes. <laughs> and uh, at the end, uh, we go through the store to a uh, door behind and we go downstairs to the subway. Oh. That was very peculiar and uh, I used to tell it in my friends, uh, friends to Greece and we were amused. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you were at that. Well, I guess we're pretty used to that here. Uh, how about uh, you, Dr. Shen? Uh, how about uh, an expression that you've heard over here that uh, amuses you or confuses you or maybe some customs? Well, uh, I was in this country before. Oh. 
Uh, oh, I mean when you first came to the United States. I was here in the last fair in 1934. Oh, I see. And uh, uh, one thing I find very funny is that the average waist of American ladies seems to be a little greater than the last time I saw. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I bet if my wife hears that, that would cause trouble. <laughs> uh, the American men are not doing too bad, especially the cheap lizards. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Well, and uh, how about you, Mr. Fisher? Well, I don't like to talk about girths anymore. But um, when I first came over here, I picked up the telephone and I asked the operator for a number. And um, she, there was a short silence. And then she suddenly turned around and said, are you through? And I said, yes. And she cut me off. Well, because, of course, in my country, if you say you're through, you mean you're through to the other person, you see. Oh! <laughs> and, um, and that's happened all along. And apart from the fact that you drive on the wrong side of the road, I think everything's absolutely swell over here. <laughs> that's very, very good. And finally, uh, Mr. Krauser. Well, I enjoyed it very much. I had to take off my hat here. You know, when you're in Germany, you greet somebody in your street, you always have to bow and take off your hat. Oh? And now my hat remains quite clean. <laughs> Because I needn't always take it off, you see. I see. <laughs> That's very pleasant. <laughs> well, now, uh, do any of you quiz kids happen to know of any expressions or customs of other countries that might be amusing or confusing to you? Patty? Well, I know uh, when uh, you go to England, uh, of course, I've never been there, but, you know, see a lot of English pictures. Um, I know what they call streetcars, trams, and I think they call elevators lifts. And I wouldn't know how to get into a car that had the steering wheel on the other side. <laughs> Harvey? Well, the Chinese eat, eat uh, shark fin soup and bird's nest soup, so, that, so I don't think that would be pretty confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I've, I've uh, had the privilege of enjoying those delicacies myself, and they're very, very tasty. Uh, Joel? Well, don't the uh, Chinese have all their uh, writings backwards? Uh, reading uh, from the uh, right instead of from the left, and I'd, um, well, I'm sure I'd find that very confusing. How about that, Dr. Shen? Is that right? The, the Chinese way uh, goes vertically. Oh. And uh, from uh, right to left uh -huh. instead of left to right. Oh. That's uh -huh. how the Chinese uh, writing goes. Uh-huh. And uh, let's see, Pat has his hand up. Well, I just remember the Chinese, of course, eat their rice with chopsticks. I don't know about their other foods, but uh, uh, I don't know how I'd do so well <laughs> if I had uh, to eat There's the... another thing I want to say about soup. About soup. Uh, the uh, <laughs> birdness soup or shark's fin soup. The Chinese eat the, uh, eat the soup afterwards. Well, uh, here... Even for dessert-like, huh? That's right. Oh. <laughs> well... I really don't blame them because, as I said before, it's very, very tasty. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, if uh, here's our next question. If you had your choice between operating a Spitfire, a meteor, or a vampire, which would you choose? Uh, Mr. Fisher. Well, quite obviously, one would choose a jet aircraft these days because they're much faster, uh, high, much more higher-powered, and they are better gunned than the poor old Spitfire that one used to fly in 1940. The one that you used to fly, you say? Yes, I did. Oh, is that so? In World War II? Yes. Well, what do you know about that? It's very, very interesting. Now, for our next question, you contestants are to hear parts um, 
of uh, some well-known songs played by our, by our chief organist, Uncle Lou Webb, and uh, you are to try to identify them and sing them in any language except English. All right, here's number one. Mr. Krauser. Du, du liegst mir im Herzen, du, du liegst mir im Sinn, du, du machst mir viel Schmerzen, weiß nicht, wie gut ich dir bin. Ah, wonderful! Fine! <laughs> you know, uh, Quiz Kid Lonnie, uh, Lundy had his hand up. What were you going to say, Lonnie? Well, I was just going to identify the song as you, you, you were the one. Oh, is that right, Mr. Krause? I think so. Uh, you, what do you right. think so? I hope he has some experience already with 14. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I had it when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to the next one. <laughs> Mrs. Moretis. Yes? What? That's, uh, we used to sing it in Greece. Oh? What's yes. the name of it? Εγώ και εσύ θα αγαπιόμαστε. Well, I, just a minute, I confer with the interpreter here. What does that mean? Uh, you and I like each other. Ιβορήσαν τραγουδίσου σε λιντά. Yes. All right, well, can you sing it in... Uh... Yes, with the organ, please, because I forgot... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou. Εγώ και εσύ ελαιδιώνα That's very, very fine, Mrs. Moretis, very fine. Now, here's a real brain teaser. You are to tell which came first in each of the following cases. Which came first? Vasco da Gama's trip to India, the children's crusade to the Holy Land, or Magellan's trip around the world? Pat? Well, uh, Vasco, Vasco da Gama's trip was in 1498. Right. And uh, the children's crusade was in uh, 1200, or I think the children's crusade came first, now that I remember. That's right, Patty. Yes, that's correct. Children's Crusade was in 12... 1212. That's B.A. before Alka-Seltzer. What am I saying here? Oh, my goodness sake. Well, which came first? The Ming Dynasty, the Chow Dynasty, or the Mongol Dynasty? Dr. Shen. The Chow Dynasty. That's right, Dr. Shen. That's right, the Chow Dynasty. If you join the following groups of people, what might you find them discussing? Pierce, Houtman, and Rashi. Lonnie. Well, baseball, because they're all pitchers. They're right? all pitchers, correct. How about O'Dwyer, Samuel, Burke? Joe? Well, they're all mayors. O'Dwyer's mayor of New York. That's uh, right. Burke's mayor of Cleveland. I don't know what Samuel. Bernard Samuel. Yeah, isn't he? That is right. Samuel. Mr. Krause is correct. 
I must remind you, Mr. Krauser, what I told you at the first uh, program. You must hold up your hand when you yes, want to talk. Well, I'm, I'm next. I'm, I'm learning it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Say, by the way, Mr. Krauser, I have heard that you have imitations that you can uh, give some of them, uh, some of the mayors you've met in the United States. Uh, could you give us uh, a couple? How about Mayor O'Dwyer of New York City? Well, I'm sorry. I never met him. Oh? So I can't imitate him, and I'm not very strong at imitating, you know. But I can oh, tell I... you something about Sam, about the mayor... Mayor Samuel of Philadelphia. Samuel, yes, from Philadelphia. All right. He was very nice to me when I looked him up and asked him to come to see, come to Chicago and see the big city of Chicago. He right away said, well, the only city in this, place, this country, naturally, is Philadelphia. And he wants to have the International Fair next year in Philadelphia. <laughs> I told him, no, we are all going to Chicago again because this is the place. Hooray <laughs> <laughs> <Ray> for you! <laughs> he looked a little, well, he looked at this and he looked at me. He thought, well, I'm quite well fed. And he said, well, you're a fellow. I want to give the key of the city of Philadelphia. And he gave me a very nice key to open the city hall. What? I didn't get this fear from Chicago yet, you know. I hope, I think they have got bigger and greater saves here. You know, they want to be sure not to have... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a very nice key anyway from him. Well, you you're, you're all right, Mr. Crowther. Yes, sir. Now then, uh, you folks are to answer, um, base your answers to this question on actual historical facts. Would it have been possible to have read the following as newspaper headlines? Here's the first one. See and hear this big double feature Mozart and Haydn play together. Lonnie? Well, yes, because Mozart uh, was born in 1756 right. and died before the turn of the century, and Haydn was born in 1732 and died in 1809, and yes. they played together several times. That's right, so they did. Good boy, Lonnie. Now then, here's the next headline. Young Brahms, highly praised by Schubert. Joel. Well, Schubert uh, died in, I think, around 1830, uh, around there. And while Brahms lived, I think, oh, around from 1840 to 1880. So, would it have so it wouldn't have been possible. It would not have been possible. That's right. And here's the uh, last one. Opening night of new Bach opera. Her Majesty Queen uh, Marie Antoinette may attend. Lonnie. Well, uh, by Bach, I presume you don't necessarily mean Johann Sebastian Bach. So uh, Queen Marie Antoinette could certainly hear a Bach opera because Bach's uh, sons, musical sons, lived for a long time after Johann Sebastian. And I think the uh, Bach who wrote the most famous opera would be Johann Christian Bach. That's right, Lottie. Very good. Very, very good. Now tell me this. Where might you find each of these quotations... They are all in different languages. Here's the first one, e pluribus unum. Pat? Well, that's, uh, together we stand, our, uh, well, anyway, you'd find it on the uh, coins of the United States, because that's their That's model. right, that's correct, uh-huh. And how about this next one, Aaron Gobra? Mr. Fisher? Th that is us, or Irish. And it means Ireland forever. So it does. That's right. That's right. And you, you would find it on the, uh, the Irish flag beneath the harp. Now, where would you find this last one? Schriebster Mir, Schriebster Ear, Schriebster Auf M.K. Papier. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm really for an Irishman now. 
He nearly gets it, but it doesn't mean... It reads as follows. Stripes to Mia, stripes to ear, stripes to off and cap up here. Teacher, you have to learn that properly well, next time. <laughs> well, then it wasn't now, so you know good what that means in, in English? It, yes? That means I write to you and you write to me. But on MK paper, it must be. Oh. And that MK paper, well, that's the paper which we manufacture. That's why I'm the man of... Well, good MK for you. Paper. <laughs> <Can> I... <laughs> <laughs> now, just for fun, let's see what you contestants can do with a tongue twister. First, I'm going to try you quiz kids on uh, a tongue twister uh, written in Danish. And uh, then I'll try our other team on one in English. All right, here's the one for you children, if I can read it. Firor flada flada floda. <clears throat> I think I got some of that all over me here. <laughs> Who would like to try it? Patrick? Well, uh, furor, flada, flada, floda. Well, we've got to say it faster than that. Lonnie? Furor, flada, flada, floda. Well, you're off on the first word there a little bit. Uh, Joe? Furor, flada, flada, floda. <laughs> well, that's, that's uh, pretty good. Uh, incidentally, I think we'd better have uh, Mr. Nielsen explain to us uh, what that is. What does that mean, uh, Mr. Nielsen? It just means... Four flat dishes of cream. Four flat dishes of cream. And I think Pat did it right good. Well, good for you. Fine. Now then, we'll see what you older folks can do. Let's uh, see what you can do with uh, an old favorite of ours here in this country. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. There's a doozer. Mr. Nielsen. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled paper. <laughs> Well, I would say that that was a good try. <laughs> Who else would like to uh, try this? Uh, Mr. Krauser? Well, I'll try it. Peter... <laughs> Peter Piper packed the pillow. <laughs> and... Uh, you, you can't say it. No, no. That's really a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> well, all right. Now let's see if you listeners can answer this one along with our contestants. How many baseball players can you mention whose names contain points of the compass? You know, uh, their names have to contain the word east, west, north, or south. Uh, Patrick. Well, there's Ron Northey of the Cubs. Fine. And down in the Pacific Coast League, there's uh, Max West. Very good. Mm-hmm. Lonnie? Well, there's Luke Easter, and there's Wes Westrom. And there used to be a player with the New York Giants named Hugh East. Well, that's good enough for me. And, of course, I hear our school bell. And that means that school is over for today. Now, in just a minute, we'll find out which of these two mighty teams competing in our classroom is the winner while the judges are totaling their scores. I wish to remind all you listeners about the wonderful work that the organization CARE is doing all over the world. Let us not forget all those in Europe these days who are hungry day after day. Whatever the United States government is doing to rehabilitate foreign economies, the help of individuals in providing immediate day-to-day -day help must go on. Because it is nonprofit and because of its large volume, CARE makes it possible to send more per dollar than individuals or groups can send any other way. If you wish to help, just send $10 or $5.50 to C-A-R-E, CARE, New York. More information about CARE packages may be obtained at CARE offices 
throughout the country. Well, now, let's see. The judges are ready with the big news of who won. The Quiz Kids team or the International Whiz Kids team. Let's see here. Uh, judges say the Quiz Kids scored 1,249 points and the International Whiz Kids made 1,249 points. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, that ties the score. So congratulations to both teams. Now, Quiz Kids, each of you will receive your usual award to help you with, with your future education. And as for our guests, we are going to complete the initiation of making you honorary Quiz Kids by pinning on each of you the official Quiz Kid pin. And I want to thank all of you guests for entering into the program with such wonderful spirit. It has certainly been an interesting half hour to me, and I feel sure our listeners have enjoyed meeting you as much as I have. And I hope you will all come back and visit our Quiz Kid classroom again. So class is dismissed, and I'll see all you children back next week. So until then, goodbye, little quiz kids. Goodbye, goodbye Mr. Mr. Kelly. Kelly. Goodbye, big quiz kids. Oh, goodbye, Quiz Kids is produced by Lewis G. Cowan. Programs, get your programs here. Jack Parr asks the questions tonight on Take It or Leave It as fortunate contestants try for the $64 question and for the jackpot. The Pet Milk Show features thrilling songstress Kay Arman with Emil Cote's choir and orchestra in a refreshing half hour of music designed for your listening pleasure. That's tonight on NBC. Mm-hmm.